You're listening to the voice of Dog. I'm Kaki, your faithful fireside companion, and today's story is Born to be Wild by Coda, a fiction writer and biologist who is currently working on a novel about a socially isolated teenager who is reborn as a coyote. You can find more short stories on his Medium page. For writing updates, art, and other ramblings, follow him on Twitter at SeaWoofy. Please enjoy Born to be Wild by Coda. At some point during the final semester of my senior year, my mom turned my dad into this horrible little dog. Or maybe she had him turned, or maybe he did it on his own somehow. All I know is that when I moved back home, there he was on the floor, snapping at me and drooling all over himself. Calling him a dog is honestly being generous. His fur was yellowish-white, which gave the impression that it was always dirty, and his short, tattered ears were scabby and full of holes. He had a squished face, and his teeth stuck out in all angles. Worst of all, he stank like low tide on the mudflats where we used to go clamming when I was a kid. A deep, rotten, under-the-earth kind of smell. Like death. I wasn't sure if he was dying, or if the smell was more symbolic. That he was an agent of death, and so he smelled like it. He was repulsive. That's all I'm trying to say. I'd returned home from college jobless and friendless. I'd been part of a tight-knit group, but about a month before graduation, two friends who were dating had decided to break up and make it everybody else's problem. Over the next weeks, we'd all learned that we actually hated each other, and also that we had no other friends. Worse, I'd majored in drawing, which meant my only qualification for work after college was debt. Debt doesn't look good on a resume, but I listed it anyway, just to try pulling on the old heartstrings. Hearts don't have strings, my ex-friend Jason told me in the conversation when we were deciding not to be friends. I'm also not convinced that HR have hearts. I think at this point most companies have simply written computer programs that eat job applications and shit out money or something, but maybe if I'd majored in computer science, I'd know better. Creepiest thing about my dad slash dog was that my mom just kept pretending everything was fine. She always referred to him as, Your father. Your father looks hungry. Can you feed him? Your father needs to get out. Your father is upset that you didn't wash your dishes. She also began to insist that he loved classical music. She would pull a wooden chair from the dinner table up to the windowsill and sit with him on her lap for hours, listening to Chopin or Liszt or whoever, stroking his stringy fur and wiping the drool from his face on the back of her sleeve. She loved looking out that window, but she refused to ever go outside. When I complained about always having to do the grocery shopping, she said, Well, you don't have a job, do you? She was right, but she didn't have a job either, other than continuing to pretend that demonic creature was my father. I considered having my own psychotic break, pretending a cantaloupe was my newborn or something, but I knew it didn't really have an in me. I was too lazy. I couldn't commit like she could. My father never liked classical music, only classic rock. Maybe she was trying to punish him or to culture him. I have to admit... It did seem to soothe the little guy. He had a habit of shrieking, but when he was listening to the music in her lap, he almost never shrieked. I hated that dog, and I resented my mother for loving it. What about me? Aren't mothers supposed to love their children more than anything? I knew the dog wasn't really my dad, or if it was, there was nothing left of him inside. 
The few times I'd been able to get him alone, I'd tried interrogating him, telling old stories, trying to sense if anything was clicking. But whenever he was without my mom, he would make a sort of continuous, high-pitched whistling noise, like an angry snake, and he didn't seem to hear anything I said. I knew there was only one way I could get my mom to realize how wrong she was. I had to kill that dog. Late at night, I researched what common household solutions could be mixed up to poison one's father, if he had been transformed into a dog. I couldn't find anything about that, but I was reminded of the fact that dogs are very sensitive to caffeine and chocolate. My dad had loved mochas in real life. One would surely kill him now. The child inside me wondered if, like a fairy tale, it might even change him back. Either way, it was worth a shot. The next morning, I took my father on his usual walk. Of course, my mother didn't come. There's a coffee shop not far from our house that has a window where you can order without going inside. They give out little cups of whipped cream if you have a dog. This would be the perfect way to butter him up. As I ordered, I pushed him under the counter with my foot. I didn't want anyone to actually see him in case they thought he was too ugly to deserve a puppuccino. I need to see your dog, the barista said. He was slight with bluish skin and large round glasses that made him look like a beetle. Why? I said flatly. It's the new policy, he said. I'll get fired if I don't. Huh, that's fucked up. No, I think it's great, he said, cocking his head at me with a strained expression. I was confused at first. He gestured toward his collar, and I noticed the tiny microphone. He was being recorded, and his performance analyzed, no doubt. He seemed nice enough, so I played along. Here is my dog, I said, leading my father out from under the table. The barista frowned nervously. Are you sure that's a dog? It's definitely a dog. I just, I don't want to get fired. I promise he's a dog. He just looks like that. The barista was hyperventilated and started to sweat. I genuinely felt bad for him. Hey, look, I said, I have another dog at home. She's crippled, so she can't go outside. Does that help? Your boss would want to help out an old lady dog, right? I can give you a five-star review, talk about how great you were. Finally, he relented. Okay, if it's for a crippled dog, I think that's okay. He left, and a few minutes later, returned with the mocha I'd ordered and a tiny cup of whipped cream on the side. Don't forget the review, he said, desperately, as I walked away. I assured him I wouldn't, but one thing led to another, you know how it goes. I took my father to a nearby park. The grass was still wet with dew, the sun only just peeking above the roofs of the houses in our suburb. The park was small, just a round lawn with a play structure on one side, but the play structure was wrapped in caution tape because it was too dangerous. Perched at the highest point of the structure was a huge crow, the size of an eagle. Maybe it was a raven, I've never been able to tell the difference. Whatever kind of bird it was, I felt uncomfortable, the way it stared at me. It kept clicking its beak ominously. But it was the only park around, and I couldn't kill my father at home, so I had to do it with the crow as a witness, whether I liked it or not. I crouched down in the grass. Hey, little buddy, I said. Do you want a puppuccino? The dog stared blankly at my torso, hissing quietly. I was afraid to put my hands too close to him, so I placed the little cup of whipped cream on the ground, then dragged him toward it with the leash. 
His vision didn't seem to be very good, but once he caught the smell, he pounced, practically inhaling it, his whole face ending up covered in whipped cream. The giant crow clicked its beak. Next, I placed the mocha on the ground. I removed the lid. It was topped with whipped cream. I felt like an idiot, but whatever. I led him to this larger cup, but he seemed disoriented. Maybe some of the cream had gotten in his eyes. He stumbled over the mocha, spilling it, and it seeped into the dirt. He growled and licked at the grass, but there was no way that enough remained to kill him. My only plan had failed. I'd be stuck with this horrible little dog for the rest of my life. I rocked back and forth, hugging my knees and trying not to cry as the ugly creature chewed and swallowed chunks of mocha-infused dirt. I'd never been good at anything, I thought. I couldn't even kill this damn dog. A dark shadow passed over me. The sound of wind over wings. The crow swooped down and picked my father up. It looked at me, I swear. Then it was circling up, leash dangling, higher and higher, until it was so high I couldn't see it anymore. The whole time, my father didn't make a sound, like he'd accepted his fate. Maybe he hated what he'd become too and wanted to die. Maybe I should have just been more straightforward. I sighed, watching them go. There was a lump in my throat, though I couldn't say why. I felt my phone buzzing in my pocket. When I took it out, I saw my friend Jason's name illuminated on the screen. Even though we'd been so close in college, we'd never talked on the phone before. We'd lived right next door to each other. It seemed strange to see his name like that. I answered. Hey, I said. Hey. I waited for him to go on. So, I know we said some things. Yeah. I I don't really hate you. I nodded, though he couldn't see me. I don't really hate you either. So, we're still friends? Yeah, we're still friends. Great. I need some help. Sure. It sounds crazy, but you have to promise to believe me. Why would I promise you that? You haven't even told me what it is yet. He sighed. It has to do with my mom. Um, something happened. Something weird. I need some help taking care of it. I smiled. I think I know what you're getting at. Sorry, I know it's kind of a long drive, but I don't know who else to call. We're friends, I said. Friends help each other out, don't they? Yeah, he said. Sorry. Thank you. You don't have to say sorry, and you're welcome. I have a question, though. Okay. Are there any crows on your side of town? He paused. I think we only have ravens. I crushed the mocha cup under my foot, then picked it up and balanced it on top of an overflowing trash can, along with the little puppuccino cup. I think that should work. I can be there in, like, an hour? Great. What do ravens have to do with anything, though? I smiled. Nothing. It's a surprise. I hate surprises, he whined. Trust me, it's a good one, I said, and then hung up before he could argue. I surveyed the park and found that the crow slash raven had returned to his perch. My father was nowhere in sight. Thank you, Mr. Crow. I'm pretty sure you're a crow. He clicked his beak, then went about preening his shiny black feathers. I took a deep breath. The air was still fresh, 
but the sky had the kind of shimmer in it that meant it was going to be a hot day. I walked home at a leisurely pace and hopped in the driver's seat of my parents' old truck. The engine growled to life, the radio blaring, born to be wild. The crow sat in the passenger seat. You remember how to drive stick? It's been a while since I taught you, he said. Come on, of course I remember. No one could stall a car listening to Steppenwolf. And I was right. I shifted smoothly through the gears. We cranked the windows down. The early summer air smelled like diesel and jasmine. I know all the words to this song, he said. I know you do, I grinned. We sang, cawed, croaked, and howled all the way across the city. This was Born to be Wild by Coda. Read for you by Kaki, your faithful fireside companion. You can find more stories on the web at thevoice.dog or find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening to The Voice of Dog.